25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Ready to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them up the line. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks and The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> How y'all are? Everybody okay? Well, I'm here. But I'm having a hard time with the old uh, vocal cords today. Let me read something to you. <clears throat> On my iPhone 8 Plus from C Spire. Our Ole Miss pick is the worst baseball pick in the 11-year history of the Matt Wyatt Show. (laughs) That is a text that I got from Gator Greg. (laughs) Well, he's owning his lack of success, too. Well, yeah, and he said our, and I guess it's because he and I both said that we felt that Ole Miss was going to beat Arkansas yesterday, and they had an advantage. And boy, were we wrong. You know, it's baseball. Crazy stuff like that. Him. You jinxed him. You think so, Roger? We jinxed he him. He didn't jinx on Mississippi State as, uh, as much as you did on Miss. That's well, obviously see, what happened. Well, but what I'm saying is I also <laughs> predicted Mississippi State to win the Super Regional and go to Omaha. I didn't jinx them. No. So how can I jinx one and not the other? That voodoo you do. (laughs) The voodoo you do. What's up? I'm Matt. He's Roger. We're in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents. Competitive rates. Fast. Friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. You bet. Yeah. You think Arkansas had the little chip on the shoulder? Arkansas had a chip on their shoulder, all right. 14-1. to That would be the final score. I'll be honest with you, I didn't get to watch it. I was working. You know, Roger, I was there with you yesterday in the studio in Jackson when it was over. I jumped in a car. I drove down to Purvis and got to meet um, Nathan Sanford, who he and his family run a company called Grumpy Man Salsa. You ever heard of Grumpy Man Salsa? No, but uh, with a name like that, it's got to be good. Roger, let me just say. Of all the people within earshot of me right now, you are at the top of the list. You need to try some grumpy man sauce. <laughs> well, Matt, tell them where they can get some. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't supposed to be an ad. A redneck announcer guy. That's not redneck. That's good. Well, you use bad grammar. <laughs> Ray, oh, yeah. <laughs> where can they get them some? Where can they get them some, Matt? And hold your nose while you say that. <clears throat> It's like local. You can hear that a lot on like the local access television. I love it. Anyway, uh, 
Yeah, it was neat to go see that. It's a family. They're right there in Purvis, and they've got this operation, and uh, they they are really pumping out good stuff. A lot of it, too. All kinds of different stuff. Pepper jelly, salsa, hot, mild, a little bit of everything. Anyway, that's where I went. And so I was um, working. Doing a feature or something? Say what? Doing a feature bit or something? Yeah, well, just uh, working on some video stuff for the... Uh, uh, the Genuine Mississippi program through the Ag Commission. It's a really neat program. You're going to find out a lot of neat stuff. Yeah, I'm getting – this is enabling me. grabbing me samples, by the way. I'll pay you back. Well, I will admit I have a box of samples of this stuff, and I can't wait to try some of it. Anyway, so that's where I was. went to Purvis, and I was back on the road. And so when I got done, that was at like 2. It took me a couple of hours to get there after the show was over. Then spent a couple of hours with them, and then after that, back on the road and driving, and and I got a text from Jonathan McMillan from Divinity Equipment, who was in the studio with us yesterday. By the way, Divinity Equipment, call me on the Divinity phone. We'll see. I'll, I'll get it where I can see it. I hadn't pulled it up yet. I promise you, I will. Over here on the call screen, it's nine nine five one zero five nine to the uh, Divinity Divinity phone. I'll put you on the air. Uh, but Jonathan was in yesterday. He texted me because we talked about it also. We both felt like Ole Miss going to win. So I get a text from him yesterday in the afternoon, and it's just the emojis of the gritting your teeth, like, ugh. <laughs> and I said, what is it? <laughs> and then he told me that Ole Miss was taking it on the chin, and he told me the score. I, I couldn't believe it. I, I just would not have seen that coming. 14 to 1. And you know, I think after it was all over, you glance at it, and that super regional is a little indicative of of the whole year for Ole Miss, for that team. Is in one game, they would look like maybe the best offense in college baseball. And then the next game, it would just kind of go away. You know, there was a lot of hot and cold this year for that Ole Miss team. And so you look at the scores in the Super Regional. They get whipped in Game 1, turn around and blow Arkansas out in Game 2. Bunch of home runs. And then, you know, didn't just get beat yesterday. It was 14-1. to Hey, and the same thing happened for Auburn. That was the wildest thing right there. Roger, did you have any chance to like sort of keep up with what Auburn did yesterday? You see what they did? No, I, it was a kind of crazy Monday. Sure, I, I know it was. And that game started right um, at the end, basically, of our show yesterday. I don't know that I've ever even seen this before. Auburn scored 13 runs in the top of the first inning. 13 runs. I don't know that I've ever seen a college game with 13 runs in one inning, let alone the top of the first. Can you imagine? No pitching change? Well, yeah, there was some pitching changes, all right. In the first inning. In the first inning, there was a bunch of pitching changes. They had three different pitchers on the mound. All right. So the guy who started the game for North Carolina yesterday, this is game three of a Super Regional now. You're hosting it. Imagine being a North Carolina fan. Game three of a Super Regional. It's not it. It's the rubber match. It's going to send a team to Omaha. We're the home team. We played in Omaha last year. You buy your ticket. You show up. You're loud. You're proud. And it's 
17 to nothing in the top of the first. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Anyway, so the starting pitcher for North Carolina, Joey Lancelotti, walked four batters and gave up four earned runs but did not give up a hit. <laughs> How in the world? He walked four batters. That's They all scored, so he gets the four runs. That's what it is. He, they didn't let him face anybody else. He faced four batters and walked off four of them to start the game. Yanked him. They bring in Connor Olio. He faces five batters. Gets a strikeout and a fly ball out, but also gave up three hits and allowed three runs. And then uh, Hanson Butler goes in the ball game. He faced six batters and gave up five hits. <laughs> and they finally bring in a guy, Will Sandy, who got some outs. But by that time, it's all it's basically too late. 13 runs in the top of the first. Yeah, so anyway, Auburn has advanced to the College World Series, and uh, that's who Mississippi State will face on uh, Sunday night. So we got the schedule on that as well. That's the thing that we didn't have as of um, yesterday was we knew kind of game slots. You just didn't know who and, like, when because you're going to play Saturday and Sunday. You have two games on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Let me pull it up for you. I'm sure their coach is going to fill them in. Uh, hey, look, this next team, it's not going to go this way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not likely. Right. Well, and it's just and baseball is such a crazy game, Roger. These really weird things can happen, obviously, and do. Really weird things happen and like can. Any given day, not any given Sunday, just any, <laughs> any, any given day. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. So um, you have Texas Tech. You look at the College World Series, you have Texas Tech and Michigan playing each other in the first game on Saturday at the College World Series. That'll be 1 o'clock Mississippi time. Then at 6 o'clock, game two Saturday night, it's Arkansas versus Florida State. Then you move over to Sunday. Sunday, the early game, be 1 o'clock Mississippi time on ESPN. That's Vanderbilt versus Louisville. And then 6.30 on Sunday night, 6.30 Central, it'll be Mississippi State and Auburn. Um, that'll be an ESPN2 deal on Sunday night. So they get the late slot. And so anyway, that's your four games to start the College World Series. Double elimination um, goes all the way into the actual national championship game or series begins on the 24th. So, see, I mean, you're talking about the better part of two weeks, a week and a half uh, that it'll go into. And they'll do, once they get into the finals, two teams will make it into the finals. Then you play a best of three series. So, you got to win two games to win it. So, that's kind of what you're looking at. Ole Miss was one away. They were one away. They needed to beat Arkansas yesterday. They could have gotten into the College World Series. It would have been, had they won it, it would have been the second trip to the College World Series for Mike Bianco. I've uh, been there once already, and they just didn't get the outing on the mound. They weren't able to get swings and misses. 
Meanwhile, Arkansas, you know, got it. They eventually went to Scroggins. And uh, the second inning, they put Scroggins on the mound, Cody Scroggins, and he was lights out. Did not give up a run on two hits in four and a third inning. Struck out eight batters of the 16 that he faced and uh, threw 70 pitches. So And he got the win. He was lights out. And meanwhile, Ole Miss just couldn't get the outs. Arkansas hit the ball all over the park. Hoagland, the freshman, got the start. We talked about him yesterday, former first-round pick, but he was only out there for two innings and gave up six runs on five hits. Didn't It wasn't like he was wild. He only walked one batter. He did hit one. But he only had the one strikeout, just not getting swings and misses, not giving up you know hard hit balls. Um, at the end of it, Arkansas, 14 runs on 12 hits. Uh, they, the two different players hit home runs. Ole Miss absent of the long ball, which they had a bunch of in game two of that series. And here is a little bit of what it sounded like after the game, Mike Bianco and players. Um, uh Obviously, a, you know, disappointing ending, you know, for us, you know, uh, but just, you know, it's hard to put into words, but just real proud of our guys. Uh, many of you know the story, you know, three weeks ago, uh, nobody thought we'd be here and uh, they hung together and uh, uh, got one game, you know, away from making it to Omaha. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, we had to come here and, you know, played the uh, you know, maybe the team that will win the national championship, but certainly one of the best teams in the country. You know, at a you know just you know, an unbelievable environment. Uh, but just you know, proud of the way uh, you know what we've done, and uh, it's just disappointing because you know, uh, you know it's a tough ending. You know, obviously today was all Arkansas. You know, in every phase of the game, uh, they were just so good offensively and. Um, you know, uh, uh, Scroggins, you know, out of the bullpen was tremendous and really gave him a lift, and we just couldn't figure him out. But uh, it was just their day. They were real good today, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certain that they'll do real well next week in, in Omaha. All right, raise your hand. We'll get a mic to you for questions for the student-athletes. Chip. What was uh, Cody Scroggins throwing today that you felt like he was very effective on, kind of keeping you guys off balance? What this is a question for um – I believe for Cooper Johnson, the catcher. See throwing that that you thought was really good for him. Um, well, I've, obviously we knew uh, Scroggins one of their best best arms and kind of one of the better arms we faced this year. Uh, you know, it's just an electric fastball, and he kind of has a four seam, two seam, and he you know splits it half and half. You know, a little bit of speed difference. Um, four seam just has a ton of ride on it, and. You know, the two-seam runs, and he's got pretty good location, and obviously the slider's pretty good. So, you know, um, he was just he was just locating his fastball. He wasn't missing up. He was, you know, staying at the knees, and, you know, he just had an awesome day. And, yeah. Uh-huh. For either of you guys, I know it's only been a few minutes since the conclusion of that game, but how are you able to process the season just from where you guys were a few weeks ago at Tennessee to the run through Hoover to – the regional at home and where you guys are now, what are you able to look back on and think about kind of that stretch? Um, you know, I think, you know, my freshman year, we weren't a very good baseball team. Um, we competed in some games just because we were talented. Uh, last year, I think it was one of the better teams I've ever played on. Uh, it seemed like every game we were in, and didn't we never played bad. And I think this year was kind of a mix of both. 
Um, you know, we went through periods where we were just really dominant. We went through periods where it looked like we'd never picked up a baseball. Um, but, you know, overall, just, you know, proud of where we are right now. Um, like Coach Bianco was saying, nobody really thought we'd be um, at the last game of a Super Regional um, a few weeks ago. You know, we had a six-game losing streak, lost to Arkansas State in there. Um, but, you know, we, we turned it on when we needed to. Um, SEC tournament, regionals, and Super Regionals, I mean, I think we looked like a completely different team all year, or than all year. And um, we just we fought, and I think we were really competitive and really uh, confident in what we could do. So really proud of this team. Um, there's a little bit of the post game. I'll come back to some of that. Uh, it's Thomas Dillard, Cooper Johnson, Mike Bianco meeting with media after that loss to Arkansas yesterday in Fayetteville. 14 won the final, so Ole Miss season comes to an end in Game Three of a Super, and Arkansas moves on to the College World Series. Arkansas was there last year. Should have won it. Should have won the national championship last year. There's no. Usually, you don't say shoulda. In this case, they absolutely should have won the game. There is no question about it. Because all they had to do last year was catch a pop-up. Beyond first base over there in foul territory, they catch it. That's going to be it. They dropped it. About two batters later, Oregon State wins it. So Arkansas is really good. It's amazing they're back there. The job that Dave Van Horn's done after what he lost last year. They lost Blaine Knight, who was really their whole starting pitching staff. Blaine Knight, a big-time draft pick, phenomenal player. Lost their pitching coach, Wes Johnson, of the Minnesota Twins. Just completely retooled it, and here they are again. Back to Ole Miss. On the text line, you can text me. I'm having a little issue right now with my call screen, but if you want to text me, do it. Don't text if you're driving, but otherwise text away. 885-ESPN. Got it? 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Chad says, Matt, if you look at Ole Miss this year, when they've struggled is when they struggle to hit the long ball. You play a dangerous game when you build a team that way. Uh, that's from Chad. Yeah. You know, I think it probably is a little simplistic to say, okay, they've built a team where they want to hit a lot of home runs. And if they don't, they lose, you know, it's because obviously that's not it. The other thing is too, like nobody really builds a team around the proclivity to hit home runs. Home runs happen when you're making good contact. Very very seldom does a player go up there trying to hit home runs and hit one. It's all about good swings. You know, you're down to the baseball. Ball has backspin. You make that good contact on the sweet part, of, fat part of the bat. And it could either be a line drive in a gap or it'll backspin and fly on out of there. You know, stuff like that. I just think there is something to, though, the thing, the idea that you know, some teams see the ball go over the fence and then that that whole hitting is contagious thing, it takes off with the team and they play better. And then when they don't see that, they don't quite have the confidence. That's the thing I think you see with that Ole Miss team for whatever reason is at times throughout the year, throughout the lineup, either lose a little confidence or just having a bad day as a lineup. Not just one or two guys, but the whole bunch. It's such a big difference between Mississippi State. State's not been – I mean, they've hit a bunch of home runs. But they're not, like, leading the league in home runs, but they lead the country in doubles. State is a very much a hard contact team. 
They're, they've the hardest hit balls this year. You look at exit velocity. Some of their hardest hit balls were singles by Jordan Westberg. They are a line drive, hit it hard baseball team in a gap. They're not necessarily a team that's hitting the ball out of the park a bunch, but they lead the country in doubles because they're a contact team. And what they have had is very, very few games this year where most of their lineup had a bad day. They've had stretches where, like they had a a month and a half stretch to start the season when Rowdy Jordan couldn't find a base hit to save his life. He's batting like 170. And then he got hot. By the time he got hot, Tanner Allen cooled off for three solid weeks. Well, when Tanner Allen was cooled off for three solid weeks, couldn't find a hole, the rest of the team was pounding the baseball. So they just have not had these stretches where the whole team offensively would go into a shell. Ole Miss has had a little bit too much of that, and it and it wound up getting them. Here's a little more of that post game. Yeah, times you guys were obviously getting to to Wicklander, but then Arkansas's bullpen. Now those guys were all drafted, and so they're pretty good, but they didn't get up any runs. What do you see from the, their bullpen? Uh, you know, just like Cooper said, electric arms. Um, we'll come back to that out of time. Electric arms, though. They talked about that. They really complimented Arkansas's pitching staff uh, after that loss. I'll get some more of your texts, and we'll look ahead. Coming up on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. JR on the text line says, Hey Matt, this Ole Miss team is full of players that were on the number one recruiting class a few years ago. The first part of the year, they were in the top ten all year long. They did not overachieve. They underachieved. Yeah. I tell you, it's a slippery slope. You start talking about teams overachieving or underachieving based on recruiting rankings because a lot of times the recruiting rankings are They turn out to be correct, and a lot of times they don't. And I think what happens a lot of times too, Jr., is in this part of the country, we all are conditioned to consume recruiting through a football lens. And baseball, eh, football, totally different. And from a recruiting perspective and all that kind of stuff as well, you know, how the prospects are evaluated and what they, by who they are evaluated and where the information comes from, it's it's much easier, well, it's still hard, but it's much easier to spot the elite players in football versus their level of competition than it is to spot the elite players in baseball at that age and how they're going to project in three, four years, if you ask me. And I think everybody else would say that as well. So 
you know, saying a team that has underachieved or overachieved based on, you know, recruiting rankings in baseball is a real weird thing. It's, look, it's part of the reason that you're just not going to get a whole lot of coverage of baseball recruiting the way you do in football or even in basketball in certain parts of the country. It's a, it's a much more hit or miss thing. And baseball is a much different deal. Way more often in baseball does the best team lose. <laughs> it happens way more often in baseball than in the other sports. You know, and I don't know if it's, you know, the quirkiness of the sport. You look at football, then yeah, the ball and the skill part of it is a big part of it. Yeah, but generally, speed and strength is just gonna win out. And those things can be measured with great certainty. Whoever is the biggest and the fastest, nine times out of ten, those teams win in football, and it's not hard to tell who they are. Biggest and fastest. Biggest, fastest, strongest. It's just not hard to tell who that is in football. I noticed you didn't say smartest. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. It is. It's part of it. But, I mean, it's like the whole, what this is, what it is is it goes back to the whole debate of X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's. What's more important, players or coaches? What's more important, having great players or having great coaches? So let, let me set this topic up for you on a tee. And I have a lot of your texts that we're going to get to right now. You can call the show as well. i got the got it working, and Roger's going to let me know if you call, and we'll talk. 995-1059 is the number to the Divini Equipment phone. That's what we'll talk on is the Divini phone. 995-1059. Um, got a text from a buddy yesterday after Ole Miss lost 14-1. It said they got some Ole Miss friends. They want to fire Mike Bianco again, which uh, is silly. 19 years, unprecedented success, most consistent yeah, – not unexpected. What do you mean? Oh, oh, the reaction. Yeah, I get. Yeah, that that reaction not necessarily unexpected after you lose a game. Sure. Well, see, in baseball is a different kind of sport. You've got a lot of people say, "Well, I can't get up, get them to Omaha. Can't get up. Can't get um, to the big dance enough." This, that, and the other. Unprecedented success over two decades. Most successful program you've had um, there at Ole Miss in that time. But you want to fire him because he lost in game three of a super regional Arkansas this year. Well, we had the number one recruiting class. Yeah, well, nobody cares. Arkansas doesn't care who what they were ranked. Doesn't matter. Period. A lot of people felt like some other classes should have been ranked number one. Maybe they were right. <laughs> so that doesn't matter. So what I'm asking you is you want to put it all on the coach. Meanwhile, look around. Mississippi State, 90 miles away, has been to four straight Super Regionals and is now going to Omaha for two straight years. Well, they did it with four different head coaches. All right, I hear you, Roger. State's been to Omaha two straight years, four straight Super Regionals, with four different head coaches. How much does coaching matter? Excuse me. It's very important. 
<laughs> yeah, you got to do it right. But if you have great players, a lot of times you just don't have to, what you have to do as a coach is make sure you don't screw it up. So we have one team, four straight supers, two straight to the College World Series with four different head coaches. You know what the one constant has been? The players. Cole Gordon, Jake Mangum. The last two years, Allen, Foscu, Rowdy. Yeah, McNamee. It's the players. Yeah, we have other places that it's all the coach's fault. Look at it this way. Kevin Sumlin was a great coach until Johnny Manziel graduated. Dan Reeves, a heck of a coach in the NFL when he had John Elway. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. Who do we have, Roger? He is anonymous. Anonymous caller. Hmm, that's tricky. Let's hear it. Um, well, yeah, it's definitely all about the players, man, because if you ain't got no team, I mean, what do you coach? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's all about what, players. What, what are you going to be coaching if you ain't got no players? Well, and I'll say this too, Anonymous. Let me give you another example. Nobody argues. I wouldn't argue the greatness of Nick Saban as a college football coach. I wouldn't argue that. But at the times in his career when he hasn't had the best players, he's been average. He's been average. Nick Saban. Thank you. Nick Saban's first year at Alabama, they didn't have the best players in the SEC, let alone the country. And guess what? They lost to Louisiana Monroe in Tuscaloosa. They lost to Mississippi State in Starkville. Oh, wow. You, you mean to tell me when he doesn't have the best players, he loses? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When he was at the Miami Dolphins in the NFL, he didn't have nearly the best team. What were they? Average? Nobody. Yeah. Average. Maybe below average. average. They were yeah. Horrible. Right. Exactly. So we agree. Thanks for the call, Anonymous. Call me anytime. Anytime on the right, defending phone. No yeah, call me anytime. See, we agree. So here's, I'm not saying that coaches don't matter. They do. <laughs> they do matter. It takes everything. You know, give me a car with a V8 engine and four new brand, uh, brand new tires. I still need somebody to steer. I still need that. Somebody to turn the key, start it up. Make this turn. <laughs> Guide us where we need to go. But the one that's going to get you there is that V8 engine under the hood. The ones that's going to get you there is that shortstop and center fielder and catcher and your bullpen and your starting pitcher and the toughness that it takes to get there. And look, so, and I'm not knocking players at other teams that didn't get there. I'm just saying stop putting everything on a coach, especially in baseball. Especially in baseball. Especially in the toughest league in America. And in the case of yesterday, Mike Bianco and Ole Miss, look, man, there were two the two toughest environments to go play a road super regional in the entire country. Well, let's say the three all SEC West teams. Florida State went to LSU, got it done. Stanford went to Mississippi State, got waxed. And Ole Miss went to Arkansas and took it to three games. It's tough. Back 
in a moment in the Farm Bureau studio. Back on the show. Text on the text line. Uh, Matt, since 2001, Dave Van Horn will have gone to eight College World Series. Bianco's gone to one. He says there's a pattern and a history here. Yeah, they make a priority out of it. They get a big, nice stadium and great crowd support, fan support, everything at Arkansas. They've done, obviously, a very good job recruiting. They may have some advantages recruiting to Arkansas. Uh, compared to some other schools, I mean, proximity to Texas, they're the only game in the state of Arkansas, and they play good baseball in Arkansas. Yeah, but he, there's no question. Dave Van Horn's done a great job pulling players in there, pulling it together. That team last year loaded with pitching. They were so good. Blaine Knight was just a, just a shut-down ace on that staff a year ago, and he wasn't the only one. You look at that kid who's their ace this year, who shut state down this year. He was like third or fourth on their staff last year. And and they managed to retool this year's team. More from uh, Ole Miss players and Coach Mike Bianco after their loss to Arkansas yesterday. Uh, when they have a lead like that, and, you know, we got to do a better job of scrapping and getting better better at bats, you know. You can't just lay down like that when it's 6-1, uh, to 9-1, uh, when the score's like that. But, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to them. Uh, they're running guys out there that can all hit 95 and above. Um, they were all locating today, too. So, you know, they do have a really electric bullpen, like you said, and I think they're going to make it pretty far next week. Bob? For Cooper, I don't think Arkansas had scored more than five on you guys in – the regular season and, and Hoover. And then today, or, you know, obviously they didn't do very well yesterday, but the, the games one and three, they had a lot of offense. What did you see different about them uh, from their, their batters? Um, just getting good swings off, ready for fastballs. And um, I think just the biggest thing is they were on every fastball that we threw just about going in or out and, you know, forced us to throw a lot of breaking balls and, I guess when everyone's swinging like that and swinging well, you know, you string some hits together, everyone starts swinging differently and the confidence just starts to build and build. And, you know, you saw it with them the first game, you saw it with us the second game, and back to them the third game, you know, hitting is uh, contagious. So I think that that's a little bit of what happened uh, day one and three. Um, but yeah, just, just aggressive, good at bats on the fastball and, Healthy hacks. Healthy hacks. I um, <clears throat> If I ever start another baseball podcast, that's what we'll call it. Healthy hacks. That's a good one. All right, you can call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. Tell me what you think. I'd like to hear your voice today. On the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It is a 601 number, 995-1059. And on the text line, <clears throat> 885-ESPN. Text away. 885-ESPN. Got a bunch of texts here to get to. Unnamed texter. I'm excited about this team. I'm sorry. I'm excited that this team is a line drive hitting team. 
If the 2013 team could have adjusted and started hitting line drives in Omaha, we probably would have won the national championship that year. Seeing pop fly after pop fly outs in that big stadium was infuriating and heartbreaking. (laughs) Sounds like you hadn't gotten over it. (laughs) That was a while back. Yeah, I mean, it plays large out there. Of course, you saw some of these really strong players that don't lack for any power whatsoever, like Hunter Renfro back then, last year, Jordan Westberg, able to hit balls that left that park, generally pulling it down one line or the other. TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha plays really big. It's hard to hit home runs in that ballpark. And, you know, again, if scouting reports or trends or, like, Identity, if that holds true for all these teams when they get in there against the pitching from these other teams, then it could be good. Yeah, you know, State maybe is built for it. They're a gap-to-gap team. They're a, you know, Jake Mangum pulls one over the bag. He's on base. Westberg, you know, is a 105-mile-an-hour single guy, and then Allen goes up there and hits one in a gap, clears the bases. You know, that's that's kind of their deal. Later on, you get a leadoff on or maybe a leadoff double. Here comes Skelton. He hits one in a gap, <clears throat> opposite field. So we'll see. Maybe that, uh, maybe that plays into their favor just a little bit. So, all right, I got it. Scott texted the show and said, Yesterday, well, Matt, since you picked Ole Miss to win, they will lose. As if I did it on purpose. Then he texts today and reminds, you picked Ole Miss to win, they lose. The Wyatt curse lives on. <laughs> we tried to balance it out. Just we tried our best. Well, Your look, heart wasn't in it, I don't think. I guess not. Why do they pay attention? Like, I don't get very many predictions just like grossly wrong. I said two weeks ago I thought State and Ole Miss would both be in Omaha. Ole Miss is one game from getting there, yet I cursed them. <laughs> it right. turns out you cursed them two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah but the other one's there. So, whatever. So uh, Who's on the phone? You're batting 500. Yeah, uh, Reverend Bulldog. Reverend Bulldog. Okay, assume names on the phone line, whatever. All right. What's up, Rev? Good morning. Uh, I always want to find out, Matt, if there's any possibility that uh, Elijah McNamee could uh, get another year of eligibility. See, that's a great question. And you know what, Reverend, somebody asked that yesterday. I went, oh, that's interesting. Hadn't thought of it. And, And I did not follow up. I didn't call anybody to try to find out. I don't know exactly how it works out. It's my understanding that baseball is like any other sport, like football, that you have five years to get four in. And he's, you know, you do have medical red shirt, medical hardship things that can come along where, like, if you've missed, you couldn't red shirt, but you missed the whole year with an injury or something, they'll grant yeah. you that, that year back. I don't. My thing is I I would have to go back and look or, or talk to someone to see if he actually ever went through a you know, or never went through a redshirt year or if he could. I 
you know, if there's some way he could get that extra year. If he's played four years and he's used up four years of eligibility, I'm not sure why, you know, he'd be back. Um, unless that first year he didn't use up the year. It could be used as a red shirt and he could technically have one more. But, uh, Reverend, I'm just sorry I don't have the answer. I have to find out and let you know. Well, there's a lot of people out there asking that question, so yeah. we'd appreciate okay. finding out somehow. Yeah, I'll see what I can find out. I'll, I'll send a text around or two and just see what the possibility is. Because, you know, he didn't get drafted. And if there's any way to get him back, give him another year in school, he probably does get drafted. Be a year older. And it certainly would be big for the team if you could get him back because you're losing so much else. Losing Skelton behind the plate, Mangum in center, Small on Fridays on the mound, you lose him. McNamee in that mix of older players who's supposed to move on too. So um, we need to find that out. And again, the reason everybody's talking about it is because McNamee went undrafted. That was kind of crazy. Jake Mangum even said it. I'm going to play some of that audio for you a little bit later in hour two of today's show. What it sounded like at the lectern, at the podium, whatever, for Lamonis and Mangum and those guys after they beat Stanford the other night. Mangum actually said that. He said there were a thousand something, ever how many was drafted, and McNamee goes undrafted. He goes, that's a joke. How about that from the, the fourth-round draft pick himself? Fluffy Bottoms texts the show. There are a ton of parts to a successful baseball program, some measurable like talent facilities, coaching, development staff, not to mention the immeasurable, fa- immeasurable factors like fan support, team cohesion, and situational awareness. This reads like a syllabus. Ole Miss has been found lacking, but still an amazing year for a program where baseball is a relatively new focus. Fluffy, thanks for your text. Um, you know, I, I mean, I realized that they lost in that game yesterday to Arkansas. And so Arkansas goes to Omaha and Ole Miss doesn't. But, you know, you get to that third game of a super regional. I mean, obviously, when you put a lot of resources and Everything into a program you expect to go to Omaha. I get it. I do get it. But I just feel a little weird saying that some team is lacking because they are 27 outs from Omaha. (laughs) Everything's relative. Right? You think about how many teams around the country are playing baseball. How many aren't, aren't even mentioned as contenders for anything? Exactly. And spending a lot of money. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. Everything is relative. That's a good way to put it. Well, relative to this show, half of it's over. (laughs) Half the show is over. The other half coming up. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.